sometimes we use the mother guilt as an excuse, but there's no reason why we can't have it all. Like there really isn't a reason why we can't have it all. And to be able to do, you know, business and and what we want to do in our life well and be able to be beautiful mums as well. And, And I think it's a great, you know, to be able to show your kids that you are doing something that's purposeful in life and for them to see that and see you live a life of passion. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, another beautiful human. I mean, when are they not? But this beautiful soul, Rebecca Miller, is a coach, mentor, speaker, multiple business owner, retreat host, and mama of three beautiful children, her amazing Lockie, Toby, and Izzy, who are her driving force behind everything she does. You'll hear and hear just how beautiful Rebecca is. She has a contagious think big attitude accompanied by her down-to-earth personality that has propelled her inspiring journey of leadership since starting out as a solo therapist in her hometown of Parks to build her empire of three skin and beauty clinics in three locations. And that beautiful space is called La Bella Medispa. She has a team of over 25 therapists. She wanted to bring world-class treatment modalities and skincare to regional and rural women to create space for these women to not just visit, but have the best treatment and services available, but also create a space where they could be nurtured and leave feeling more self-loved and confident. Her passion has always been in developing her teams, not just professionally, but personally, to create a workplace for these passionate women to thrive, grow, and feel fulfilled. Uh, You'll hear how incredible she is in this podcast, but she is the winner of countless awards, including Australian Clinic of the Year, Business Leader Multiple Times, Australian Team of the Year, and just recently, Humanitarian of the Year for her beautiful work and her foundation, The Ripple of Kindness Project. She has a real passion for growth and learning and has not sat still in her quest to live her life at the highest potential being of service to others. She has many certifications and is also an amazing business coach. She now helps salon owners step into their leadership powers to create the team and business and life they love with growth and abundant mindset, along with hosting these beautiful retreats called Becoming Limitless for women to come and spend some time finding themselves again to grow and heal and push through their limitations and have some space to connect with what's truly important to them. She's only really getting started, as you'll hear on this amazing interview. She thinks she's just at the beginning of her quest to help women love themselves and for them to see that they have everything inside of them to find their joy and happiness and live life by design, not default. She knows that this all starts with self-love. So how appropriate is it that we have this beautiful soul on the self-love podcast? Please make sure you follow the amazing Rebecca Miller. You can see all her information and links are in the notes. And you can also give your feedback and comments and let us know just how much you love this beautiful woman too. On my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, Facebook, which is Kim Morrison Training. And you can also go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. 
I love getting all your comments. Truly appreciate your five-star rating and absolutely love all of your beautiful likes and feedback. It means the world and inspires me constantly to be a bigger, better version of myself by bringing these amazing souls to you. Enjoy this week's show. Take care. Be kind. Every week, I get an incredible opportunity to interview some quite inspiring, rather phenomenal, amazing humans. And this week's guest is no different. Beautiful Rebecca Miller, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm absolutely honoured to be um, here with you today. Really excited. It's such a privilege to share you and all of your remarkable feats and stories and all the things that you have in plan and all the difference in the world that you're making. But before we get there, perhaps for the listener, we could just go back in time a little bit into your upbringing, where you're from and what led you, what were the turning points for you that led you into the work that you're doing today? Beautiful. Yes, I'm I'm one of five children. (laughs) Um, Very young parents uh, um, and feel like I've had a really beautiful, lots of learnings, you know, coming through my childhood. Um, I was somebody that actually didn't love school, to be honest with you. Um, The constraints of school wasn't where I thrived. Um, However, you know, I built beautiful relationships, lots of friends and um, lived in a small country town called Forbes, actually, and that's where I grew up and um, was just, just you know, when I sort of think back now, it's just such a beautiful, you know, country, uh, beautiful environment to be in. Um, and I was blessed to be able to go to boarding school for 10, 11 and 12 in Sydney. So that was quite an eye-opener uh, to go down to boarding school. And it was just, I really loved it down there and sort of got the best of both worlds. I've got that introduction to city life but also had my beautiful roots as a country girl. And, um, yeah, so I've got um, two brothers and two sisters and um, absolutely love my family. We're so blessed. We're all having our own children now. Um, And, uh, you know, it's we actually lost my older brother in a car accident when I was 19 so anybody that's listening that's, you know, lost a sibling or a, a beautiful member of their family knows that, you know, it's a really, really, it was a really life-defining moment for our family. Um, everything changed that day that we lost our brother. And, um, however, there's been, there's always silver linings. You know, it might take a long time to um, actually find those things. But I think, you know, when that happens, it really brought our family together in a way that it just, you know, there's just this special bond, even, you know, just being in that painful situation together to be able to see each other really in the core of of extreme pain and, you know, for my parents in that survival mode, um, to be able to, you know, see my dad for the first time, you know, in fetal position on the floor, you know, when I sit back and think about it now. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's a really life-defining moment and, and so many blessings come out of it. Oh, a bit emotional thinking about that. Um, but, but a beautiful, you know, just the connection that I have with my family is something that is just really special and, you know, some people don't get to experience this. And, um, yeah, we're all having our kids together. We've got beautiful parents that have just been such great role models. Have they always had it right? No, definitely not. 
Um, my parents were very young when they had us, so there was my older brother and I, and then we had a. a I've got a Sarah Jane that's in the middle, and the two little the two. We call, I call I still call them the kids because I'm a lot older than they are, and um, our upbringings were different. So we had mum and dad that that came from nothing, and we saw them in business. My older brother and I really, really. You know, when you start a business out, there's lots of working hours, lots of stress, um, and yeah, just amazing role models. They they really showed us what work ethic was, and um, and still do. You know, my dad is my mum and dad are nearly seventy. Um, my mum's the mayor of Forbes, and my dad still works a hundred hours a week. Um, and my 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 older son actually works in the family business, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, so, yeah, really great. Um, was it always happy? No, we had lots of things that challenged us as a family, but, yeah, beautiful upbringing and, um, you know, very grateful for my parents because they've taught me so much about entrepreneurship. They've taught me so much about business, but most of all they've taught me so much about unconditional love. Um, and, you know, yeah, so, we, you know, that's where I lived. I grew up in Forbes. I went to boarding school. Um, and then, you know, finished year 12 and um, was really drawn to the beauty industry. And, you know, I loved helping people and sort of that's where, you know, I really found my place. I went to, 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 to beauty school um, and, you know, I wasn't so great at school, but, you know, I really found my place and did exceptionally well Um in, you know, in my training and, yeah, came straight out of college and opened my first business, um, which was absolutely beautiful. So at 19, <laughs> I started Rebecca Miller's Beauty and Skincare Clinic and, um, and I guess that's where my, my business journey um, began and uh, what a journey it's been. Yeah, so I've owned businesses from the age of 19, you know, stepped into business, actually had no idea about business but um, as you know when you get thrown into the deep end uh, you soon learn and I guess that's that's where my um, journey began I always had a really great work ethic the beauty industry's changed so much you know from when I first went in there you know uh, it was appointment books you know with your pen and and your rubber and you know you actually answered the phone and took the appointments and everything's changed now the beauty industry's grown into something absolutely extraordinary and I'm so blessed that I've been able to be a part of that industry for 30 years that's given me so much um, I had a first for um, you know really um, helping women be able to come to somewhere where they could just relax, um, be as they are, and um, to be able to offer really great treatments that made them feel more self-love but also more confident, you know, when they walk in and they would be a different person when they walked out. And I just really put this fire in my belly to wanting to create um, these beautiful spaces and which you know, led me on to um, creating these beautiful businesses. So, I, you know, I had, that was my first business. I sold it at uh, the age of 25 and embarked on a trip overseas. So I had about two and a half years where I lived in London and travelled the world, um, and that was just absolutely amazing as well, like to be able to then go overseas and, and, and see how the beauty industry worked over there. So I worked in a lot of 
I just worked as a temp and it was so amazing that you got to go into all these different salons and, and experience how they did things but also be able to mix that in with travel and adventure and it was just a really beautiful time in my life. Um, loved it. My partner, Nathan, who I am actually married to, we've been together for 20, uh, 26 years. We worked out last night. Um, he came over and met me in London. We broke up before we went over there and, you know, a couple of months in we realised that we couldn't live without each other. So he, you know, came over to, to London and we just had a really great adventure for a couple of years over there. And then we came home. Um, I worked for a company in Sydney as an area manager and um, and then I fell pregnant. And so that was a big, a big, you know, uh, it wasn't planned. Um, I was t- 27 and um, and I decided to move home. I wanted to be near family if I was to have a baby. And so I moved home and well, we moved home, Nathan and I moved home and, and that's where our family began and um, had beautiful Lockie and he was just an absolute treasure. You know, having him, it didn't come without um, a little bit of drama. Um, I actually had him nine weeks early and, um, yeah, so, you know, I actually had to be flying to Sydney to have him and we were in a Nick ward for around about eight or nine weeks having a preemie baby but it was just the most beautiful, oh, it was the day that my life absolutely changed, the day that he was born. It was, I just can't even put it into words. And I know the mums that are sitting here, you know, when you have a baby, it's just the most special, enlightening, humbling, most joyful moment in your life when you, when you have a baby. And I was blessed that I actually got to have the next four years off, uh, but I was pregnant again in three months. <laughs> and I actually had three babies in two years and four months. I don't sort of half do anything. Um, so I had Lockie, Toby and Izzy and uh, in two years and four months and I got to stay home with them for about four and a half years and I just really, that time was just so beautiful to be a mum and, and not to actually think about anything else and just nurture my babies um, and, yeah, so about four and a half years in I sort of started to get a really big thirst of wanting to go back into the beauty industry. So I started to see a few people at home just at night times around the kids and before I knew it, it just got so busy and people, you know, I was getting phone calls and I thought, you know what, maybe I need to open a business. And I started to think about it. And um, and this is when Labella Medispire was born here in Parks. And I started out just me in business. And what a journey. Like, yeah, over the next few years, we opened three Labella Medispires. So in Parks, in Orange, and in Kingston, in Canberra. And I had around about 25 girls that worked for me. Um, and... My passion was really bringing world-class treatments and products to rural and regional women and for them to be able to have a a space um, where they could come in and be nurtured and and, um, have exceptional therapists look after them um, and and just find find themselves. And it's been such a beautiful journey. And then, you know, my passion really turned to also being able to have these beautiful team members, that these we could have women in rural and regional areas that could have this beautiful career 
um, that we could offer them, you know, if they were mums or, um, you know, young women um, that could come in and they didn't have to leave town, that we, we had this, these, this beautiful career that we could offer them. And this is where I guess my growth um, really started, um, you know, because I knew the more that I could grow myself, the more that I could actually grow my team. And, um, you know, so, yeah, La Bella Medi Spa's just been an absolutely beautiful journey. Like I just, it's given me so much. It's been my, I guess, my my pathway to really finding myself and unleashing, unlocking my beautiful gifts that I was able to then share with my team and my clients and have this ripple effect into, um, you know, the, the, the beautiful guests that come into our business, into their families, um, my team to be able to grow them personally and professionally and for them to have a ripple effect into um, their families as well. So, um, yeah, it's been absolutely beautiful. And I guess um, around about nine years ago, um, I remember just sitting on my bed. I'd had something pretty significant happen um, with my husband, we were sort of on a bit of a pathway of not sort of on the same page. And um, I just sort of sat at the end of my bed and I just sort of thought, you know, because it's very easy when you're in that situation when, you know, we had kids, we had businesses. So there was a little bit of pressure on our family and, and on us as individuals. My husband was a fly-in, fly-out minor. And we were just heading in different directions. We were a little bit disconnected and I'm happy to say it because it was a really defining moment in our lives. And I just remember sitting on the end of my bed and it was when I had my epiphany of like, what's my part in this? Am I showing up as my best self or am I pointing the finger and blaming? And, you know, it's very cliche, you know, when you point the finger at somebody else, there's three coming back at you, but it was a really big moment for me of realising that potentially, you know, through my life experiences and things that I'd been through, that I potentially was sitting in a little bit of victim mode and some of my behaviours were not, you know, were not the best. So it's really where I had a big reflection and epiphany in my life um, and it set me on this really big journey of self-discovery of myself and why I had the behaviours that I had um and yeah it was it's yeah it it was the it was just the best moment that I possibly could have had because it's led me to this moment and um yeah of doing beautiful work of now you know having my salons coaching speaking having a podcast our becoming limitless retreats and probably my most beautiful work is the 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 ripple of kindness project so over that time there's been a lot of I've really realised. Um, that everything starts with me, absolutely everything starts with me. And the better that I could understand myself and the way that I was programmed um, and really look at the things that were serving me and, and think about how I could change the things that weren't serving me and for me to be able to be a really good human and a role model for my children and the people that I get to serve every single day. So, yeah, so I guess that really brings me to where I am in this moment and doing this beautiful work of being able to help other salon owners now not just create a beautiful business but 
actually create a life that they love and to truly love themselves because that's where it really starts. Everything starts with love of self and being able to, um, I guess, self-master ourselves. And, um, and I guess my learnings has given me the opportunity now to be able to help many women. Um, I'm really, I think I'm just getting started, you know, my plans and, you know, what I really want to do in the future is, you know, it's just, un, it's sort of only really unravelling now. Um, you know, I've had so many beautiful gifts, but that comes from the challenges, I guess, that I've had as well, you know, to actually be able to sit back and really look at the learnings from all of those things that make us fall down and I've fallen down many, many times um, and to be able to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and um, and keep going and be able to share those experiences to help others. I guess that's, you know, really led me to this moment, Kim. Oh, it's an incredible story and a couple of things in here that I'd really love to touch on. Well, first up, the beauty industry. And this has changed remarkably over years and it's certainly become something where we've uh, come to accept and appreciate the fact that we can have a whole range of modalities and treatments and actually drop guilt and look at realize that looking after ourselves as particularly women in the home is one of the best gifts that we can give to our family is taking care of ourselves but I'm curious from your perspective, um, the beauty industry, I asked a whole lot of children from the age, uh, in they were in first year of school right through to about, oh, it was primary school kids. And I asked them all, what does beauty mean to you? And the teachers took on the project amazingly and they all drew pictures. It's a little book I've got sitting here one day that I'd like to launch, um, but it's it was just remarkable. And I'll just never forget, you'll love this. There was two quotes. Little eight-year-old Charlie said, beauty is makeup. And little eight-year-old Lennox said, beauty is no makeup. And I just thought someone like you would really appreciate that because we can see the pros and cons on both sides. What do you think your definition of beauty is then? And what do you think of those two little quotes? No, I, I think that's very sweet. Um, for me, beauty starts from within. Um, really, It really does. And the, the more that we can actually feel, um, you know, self-acceptance, awareness, self-care, trust, build our self-esteem, um, the forgiveness of ourselves, um, you know, it really builds our self-worth and, and, and self-confidence. And when that happens inside, um, the beauty, you know, it really shows on the outside. So, you know, for me, beauty always starts from within. And did I, did I understand that? I think I didn't really understand that until probably, you know, the last 10 years of that, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to beauty, and I think the thing that the beauty industry does is is helps our women find their confidence, um, find, you know, just to have some downtime, you know, to actually connect back with self. Um, so, yeah, so for me it does start from within and, and that will then radiate out into the exterior world as well, um, you know, being able to, um, you know, be able to really uh, support ladies uh, with whatever it is for them that's going to make them feel, you know, healthier, happier, um, feel more beautiful. And that can be 
um, on exterior, you know, on the outside as well. Um, so I think both really are important, but it does really start from within and how we actually see ourselves and to see ourselves. <laughs> so true. And I think then really what Charlie and Lennox have said epitomises what you said just from a very eight-year-old point of view. Beauty is makeup and beauty is no makeup. So it's kind of like the both. It's who we are in our raw, authentic, true selves and then how we can present ourselves to the world when we choose to or if that's what we would like to do wearing makeup, then how amazing. I remember one of the other little quotes, which we then, (laughs) it became my whole part of my business. And it was little Mia, who was seven, who said, beauty is being yourself, but with a sparkle. And I just thought, oh, she's just encapsulated it. It's being you and then having that spark. And I'm just curious from your perspective, then you talk a lot about women coming in and walking out feeling better. Why are they walking in not feeling great in the first place, in your humble opinion? Yeah, I think uh, as women there, you know, society, um, you know, really uh, echoes that, you know, that we have to be the jack of all trades. We have to do everything, you know, be a mum. We, you know, we're working. This, this, we're in a, in a moment in time where, Life's got extremely busy and especially for women, like because they're juggling careers, kids, um, you know, uh, just so many things. Um, And, you know, for me, uh, you know, society puts a lot of pressure on us. I know when we've done some work at our retreats, there's a lot of guilt because it's been, you know, because women are sitting there and they're not, you know, like their mum and nor should they be. Um, you know, things, you know, and I guess that it gets coded into us that if we're not uh, everything to everybody, that we're not good enough or we're not worthy. And, um, you know, you know, a lot of the women that we see, they come in and they're just, you know, they're sitting in that fight or flight all the time and, and you know, just to actually stop. You know, sometimes we've got to get women to do some breath work before they even, you know, start a treatment just to, to get them to come back to, you know, just to a baseline of, of, of calmness. Um, they're ripping and tearing, picking up kids from school and taking them to sport and then trying to work out what they're going to have for dinner and they've worked all day and it's, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's got a little bit crazy, to be honest with you, and, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why, um, we've started the the, the becoming in the sort of retreats is that we've we've offered we've got this beautiful space and in the salons as well um, is for women to just be able to focus on themselves because sometimes we lose our identity. Who are we when we're not a business owner, a mum, a wife, and what's important to us? Because somewhere along the line, we just get caught up in the rat race, you know, of just you know, running and ripping and tearing and that just taking some time out to stop. And sometimes when we stop, it's it can be a little bit confronting because, you know, we, we, we're just always on the go all the time. And I think, you know, and I love your work because I think self-love um, is everything. And, you know, with women and you know, when I talk to so many women, whether it be in the salons, whether it be in, in my coaching program, whether it be at the retreats, um, 
a lot of women do not make time for themselves and it's a problem. And, you know, for us to be able to advocate and and have these offerings where they can actually come back to themselves, for them to be able to just open up, be vulnerable, um, to be able to be their authentic selves, to take some time out, it's, it's really, really so important. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And I know you are as well, Kim. Um, do, you, do you find the same thing, that women sometimes feel, um, you know, that the, the conditioning of society is that we have to be everything to everybody? And, yeah. and if we're not like our mums or, you know, that, that we're failing and, and it's not the case. Mm, that's so true. And I, I had some really interesting conversations around this, actually, and some very different perspectives, which I know with your qualifications and understanding of mindset and how we think and our beliefs and our emotions and all of that sort of thing. And one of the words that came up was mother guilt. Yes. And it was an incredible conversation and one that I've always had quite a lot of empathy for and understood me myself have felt guilt at times. And and this coach called me on it and said, is it mother guilt or is it just that you want to be somewhere else, but you feel like you should still be a mum as well? And I thought, oh, that's a really big question, you know. And, and in a way, I think he was true. He just thinks he, he felt, and yes, he's a, a man, but I thought it was a beautiful and he was saying it all with love, but he was like, really want you to question what that mother guilt is. And when I pulled it right back for me, the guilt came or the feeling of guilt was the fact that I really wanted to travel and go and teach and present my workshops and retreats, but I also didn't want to leave my babies and I wanted to have that either control or support or the, the, to be the person that was their caregiver in that moment. But I also really loved getting away from them with love um, and I loved having a night to myself and I loved being able to be with other women my age or other people that were in the same boat. And so it was, it's something that I've worked on a lot for myself and really tried to teach and advocate that the guilt comes from not being able to be in two places at once. And wouldn't it be nice if we could, as you said, come into the present moment with breath, be truly in the place of receiving and to do that, you know, as much as women are a great giver, they love to give and we're great servers, I'm generally speaking, but most of us have this innate nature to want to give and serve and support and help. Well, we have to remember for other people to do the same, there has to be people receiving that support, love, encouragement and help. So it's nice and very uh, comforting and also very rewarding for us to be that person as well. And so I think there's a real gift in giving, but there's a real art in receiving. Yes. And that's why I love the work that you're doing around uh, having facials, beauty treatments, self-care rituals, doing all of these things. Because I think you and I would both agree that going for a 90-minute treatment as a mum is like having five days off work for the normal person. That's how much of a difference those 90 minutes can make. And so I'm really interested from your perspective then that the, the, the line of martyrdom can also be what you were mentioning before where you saw it in yourself was slipping into victim mentality 
Can you tell us a little bit about your understanding of what it is to be in victim mentality or maybe martyrdom or for women that really do scoff at the point of having treatments or going and investing time and money or space and energy into yourself? What's your thoughts around that whole victim mentality? Yeah, so um, it's. I just wanted to add one thing there that's really funny. Um, this came up at our retreat uh, just around uh, the mother guilt and I had a beautiful um, one of our attendees, her name was Nikki, and she said, before she said this, um, she said, this may trigger a few women in the room here. She said, but what I've realised for me is that I actually, I come first. I have to fill my cup first. And if that means that I need to take time out from my child, I will. And if it means that I have to take time out from my business, I will. And when I'm focusing on me, it's me. Um, and, and the beauty of this is, and so what she's done is she actually has one night where she's away from she, her, her baby actually goes over to her sisters for a night and she gets a whole night and day without her baby and it's been her absolutely saving grace. And she said, the great thing about this is, is that my child doesn't just have my perspective. He has my sister's perspective and her, her partner as well. And she takes, she takes time out. Like every quarter she goes and has a few days without husband, baby, and she said, and I am just a different human and I can, when I'm with my child, I'm 100% with my child. When I'm with my business, I'm, I'm in my business um, and she said, and that mother guilt, she said she's never, she doesn't have it because she's made a commitment to herself that she has to fill her cup first. And it was so beautiful for her to share that. And her baby is her reason, not her excuse. And it's, and I, it was just so powerful when she shared that at our retreat. And so many of the women just were like, oh, my goodness, like sometimes we use the mother guilt as an excuse, but there's no reason why we can't have it all. Like there really isn't a reason why we can't have it all. And to be able to do, you know, business and, and what we want to do in our life well and be able to be beautiful mums as well. And, and I think it's a great, you know, to be able to show your kids that you are doing something that's purposeful in life and for them to see that and see you live a life of passion. Um, but back to the victim mentality, I think, um, and I can speak for myself, I guess, you know, uh, unless you start to really um, look at yourself, um, for me, I think, you know, being in victim mode, which I was for a long time, and believe me, I can still fall back there, um, is really why things happen to me instead of knowing that things are happening for you rather than to you. Um, you know, when you're in victim mentality, you're blaming other people. You're, um, you know, pointing the finger. It's quite, you, you talk negative, your, your self-talk's negative. Um, and, you know, language is so powerful. And, you know, we're manifesting our life through the language that we actually use. And, you know, and I see a lot of women you know, when we get them on the bed, it's like, oh, this is happening and that's happening. And they get really caught in circumstances and situations um, instead of, you know, really, um, you know, I guess rising above it and trying to see the, the silver lining because there's always a silver lining in every situation. 
especially even the tough things because it's where you get your biggest learnings and, and, and your greatest wisdoms. But, you know, it's so easy to sit in the victim mentality and I think even the last couple of years it's, you know, we've seen a lot of that. You know, it's, you know, you know, especially with the COVID situation, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, it has been tough, but, you know, for me, um, you know, a few years ago, you know, with the COVID situation, all my businesses were shut down, you know. There was a lot that went on, especially trying to manage team and um, I probably wouldn't have handled it so well had I have not, you know, been on a discovery of truly trying to find out who I was and, um, and like, there were so many gifts that came out of that. Like, I had a beautiful time with my family. We were all stuck at home together. I loved it. Give me a lockdown any day of the week. I loved being at home with my family. And, um, yes, it was tough in business. Um, but, yeah, I think just with the, you know, when it comes to the victim mentality, um, we've just got to be really conscious of when we are blaming others, when we are talking negative, um, when we, you know, that it, it is that negative self-talk, you know, we've got that inner dialogue that's going all the time. And it can really, really um, affect the way that we show up in life. And, you know, um, yeah, so so for me, I, I, I just really, if I'm pointing the finger at somebody, I know that it always comes back to me. Everything comes back to me and the way that I handle situations, you know, the thought process, the feelings that come up, but to actually acknowledge them and, you um, yeah, it's just being really consciously aware of exactly what's going on around us. I think that's a big thing and for us to be able to share that now with other women that come in and, and this is the teachings that I, I teach my team. It's not just professionally teaching them but to actually teach them, um, you know, that personal um, self-mastery, I guess, and, you know, it's been, it's it, it, our team can fall into victim mode our clients can fall into victim mode and being able to really talk through that and 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 have a different perspective, I think, is really super important. And being able to educate our teams, our clients, um, when we do fall into, because I think that's how we've been programmed to be. I know for me, I didn't even know what victim mode was until um, somebody pointed it out to me. Um, and unless you, you know, you know what it is, you don't realise that you're even doing it. And it's really funny, um, to, even with some of my girlfriends, you know, when they have moments in their life, um, you know, and, and you can see that they're sitting in ego victim mode and it's until they actually realise that it comes back to them, that's where the true growth and wisdom really comes from. You also mentioned things happen it's not about that they're happening to you but perhaps a new perspective is it's happening for you there's always an opportunity to learn or I get that we have emotions and I think they're very valid and when we have trauma or shock or sadness it's really important that we acknowledge and honor those feelings and give ourselves the time and space to truly feel what we're feeling how would you recommend then you've got a girlfriend and victim mode you've got a daughter maybe who's constantly blaming or you're hearing someone you love maybe it's your mom or a close friend that's just constantly running other people down or seeing maybe 
even being the negative Nancy, (laughs) Mm. how would you suggest you show up for that person? And is there a way into their heart? And if so, how have you helped people see that? Mm, It's a big question. And I think um, I find it easier, isn't it funny, with clients to be able to support them because that's the sort of role that I play. I do find it, however, sometimes a challenge when it comes to your loved ones, and I think most people can probably, um, you know, agree with this because your family sort of, we we see each other um, as the real people. And I I guess... (laughs) I don't know about you, Kim, but, um, you know, when it comes to getting triggered, I think our families can do that. You know, that's, you know, that they're, they're, they're the people that probably trigger us the quickest. And um, But for me, I know, um, and, I, you know, I can probably talk about my mum here. You know, she's been through a lot of painful things. She's lost a child, divorce, s- some really big challenging moments and, you know, when I and and I see her in victim mode, and I know sometimes I don't say say I don't call her on it, but I just send her love, and I just know that when I'm in that those interactions with her, if I can be my best self and not buy into the conversation, and sort of direct it to another another positive. You know, take it to another positive area. Then that's that's how I, you know, that's probably what I do with my mum, with my girlfriends. Yeah, I can I can sort of say, hey, have you ever thought about looking at it from this perspective? Um, you know, in a kind and gentle way. You know, if I'm coming from a place of love and I'm not, and I'm actually very neutral in these conversations, then I feel that you you sort of you know that you, it, it opens the door for better conversations. Um, in my, you know, when it comes to my coaching clients, you know, it is a really, I can point it out um, or lead the, my clients to where they need to go, you know, help them, you know, find that, that other perspective. And, you know, especially when there's, when they're sitting in ego or victim mentality to ask great questions, you know, really ask great questions so they can come to the realisation that it really comes back to them and how, you know, when it comes to situations or circumstances, they're very neutral. Yes, there can be pain in them, but it really is until we give it meaning, that's when, um, you know, you can see that victim mentality potentially step in or having that negative outlook and being able to, you know, ask great questions to see things from a different perspective. I think that's it's the, the, the question asking, you know, and asking, hey, have you ever thought about it this way? Um, to get them to really be curious of of what's really happening. I guess that's that would be my answer. Yeah, beautiful and very powerful. You're also suggesting there that we listen perhaps a lot more than we we speak. And the other thing is probably more importantly with family is they're our greatest teachers. Um, <laughs> and if we can see them as our greatest teachers, that may even give you a different perspective um, if you do have those challenging members in your family. Um, I've also heard people say that they've had to divorce their family. They've had to really draw a line just because their family doesn't mean they have to condone or put up with that either. And, you know, I think we're all individuals and I think we're all incredibly unique in all our different relationships and interconnectedness. And I think what works for you is the most powerful thing. And I come back to what you said as well. If we can do that with love, 
and do that without judgment, then perhaps that might be the safest and most beautiful place we can sit in. So thank you for highlighting that. And I guess then that would just lead me directly into the question then of what is your definition of self-love? My definition of self-love, well, there's so much, there's so much to self-love. For me, self-love, I used to think it was a bubble bath and having a facial. And yes, they're acts of self-love. Um, but there's so much more to, um, to self-love. It's truly loving yourself the good and, and, and the good, the bad and the ugly and having a level of acceptance of, you know, of every part of you, um, you know, to, uh, you know, really um, have forgiveness. I know that for myself I would, you know, I had to forgive myself for, you know, and, you know, for the, my past and things that I wasn't proud of and, you know, to really be able to take the lessons and learnings from that. But just to know, you know, being really consciously aware of trying to be living in the moment in today rather than, than, than looking back and it being an anchor for me and, you know, look to the future, you know, with... Uh, aspirations but really trying to live more in the moment and I think um, when it comes to self-love it's really knowing we are so worthy of a beautiful life and that we can create it Um, and that comes with you know awareness acceptance self-trust esteem definitely self-care you know and I know for myself we, you know, when sometimes when I get busy, my self-care can sometimes fall down. And I've really, really, I call myself out on it very quickly um, these days because I know the more that I love myself, the more that I care for myself, the more that I accept myself, the more awareness that I have that I can be a better mum, I can be a better wife, business owner, that I can just show up as a better human. So for me, self-love is everything. It really is absolutely everything. And the more that we can love ourselves, the more that we can love others and be able to show up for them. Mm, so beautiful and so, so true. Thank you so much for that because I think it would really lead into, I mean, to me it sounds like you've really learnt the art of being kind and empathetic and compassionate and having all of these things. But sometimes we know in life and in business, it's ruthless. It's it's dog eat dog. It's tough. There's decisions, there's product, there's there's all sorts of things that come into that. Have you really uh, helped yourself through your Becoming Limitless retreats? It's They often say we teach what we need to learn the most, and I'm sure you get just as much out of running those as you do the participants. But then you moved into that and have just won the Humanitarian of the Year for your work in your foundation, the Ripple of Kindness Project. Was that is that like a, a beautiful balance for everything you're doing? And perhaps tell us why you created that and what was the motivation and inspiration behind that beautiful project? Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I had a beautiful girlfriend called Margie um, who was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, I remember phoning her one day and I said, oh, you know, what's the outcome? Where, you know, 
what's going to happen? And we got talking about, and she said, we got talking about her treatment and and I said, does that mean you're going to lose your hair? And she had this beautiful black curly hair. Like, you know, a woman that when you think of her, her hair, I know this sounds really crazy, but her hair, this beautiful black curly hair, it always came into her mind. She had always wore this beautiful bright lipstick. And I was just in the car driving to work with her and I, at, like on the phone, and I said to her, I'm going to shave my head with you. And I said, let's shave our heads together. And I said, and let's raise awareness so women know to check their boobs. That was that was the the reasoning behind it. That if we did this head shave, um, and we decided that we were going to raise money, so we raised money for our local chemist, um, which just helps so many families that are in in Margie's situation. They supported her, you know, with hel- helping fund, you know, getting to Sydney accommodation, all those things that because when you've got you're in this situation, you stop work. Um, your leave runs out um, and Margie's a single woman with beautiful children. And, you, you know, she had to rely on the help of others. Like it was really, uh, she really had to do that because, um, you know, from these beautiful foundations. And we raised uh, 20, uh, sorry, we raised 26000 and we did it for Ken Assist and Love Your Sister, um, which is a beautiful foundation um, that Connie Johnson and Sam Johnson started and, uh, you know, it's all about checking your boobs and raising vital funds for women with breast cancer. And so we did that in four weeks and it was just absolutely beautiful and just so many people um, really just the donations and the love and it was just such a beautiful moment that it actually just put this drive in my belly and I was out running one day because I've always been a runner and, um I we just done a so we did Margie's and then the next year um, we were for our uh, we were doing another fundraiser for a beautiful client called Jody her daughter had leukemia and and three days before we did the fundraiser Lily was eight and a half and she fought leukemia her whole life she went into remission after a couple of years but relapsed and before three days before we did the fundraiser. Lily died all of a sudden at night, one night at home. It was a really big shock. Yes, she was very sick and she had to go through transplants and things, but it was all, you know, it was all coming up to her getting her her transplants. But she passed away suddenly at uh, one night at home and we were just doing an in-salon fundraiser for her and it really, oh, it was just, it just made me feel really sad. Lily was this beautiful little girl. It was like she was an angel. And I think, you know, those people, those little kids that are on earth, but they make a really big impact in that small amount of time. She was just a really special little girl and she touched my heart and I was out running one day and I said, I rang one of my girlfriends and said, we're going to run to Sydney. We're going to raise um, $100,000 for the Leukemia Foundation. Carrie's been here for brain cancer. Um, for Westmead Children's Hospital and our local kinesist, I wanted to donate 25k to all of those foundations because they were the foundations that helped Jody. Um, plus, also, I wanted to do something for Carrie's baby for brain cancer because the two biggest killers in uh, you know in our children are leukemia and brain cancer. And so I had this crazy idea that I was going to run to Sydney. So it was 355 kilometres. I'm not a marathon runner. 
the most I'd ever, ever run was around about 10Ks. So that put me, uh, and, and it started the Ripple of Kindness project. And um, it was a bit of a journey over the two years because um, I was about to do the run and I got an injury in my hips and I had to take six months out. So I had to stop, you know, the front, the fundraising had started. I had to stop and um, heal myself. And then six months later, I started again and we were about to do the run and then COVID hit. So down we went again. And so after two years of ups and downs and trainings and injuries, we finally got to do the run. And, oh, my gosh, what a magical moment. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I can't even put it into words. Um, The journey that I went on that week, I knew that I was going to get over the finish line because I'd already seen it. I visualised it, spoke it. I knew it was going to happen. I saw myself run into the hospital with my family on that day and it was exactly how I pictured it. So I knew that I was going to get there, but I had to go through a lot to get to the hospital on that morning. You know, nine days later, I basically ran a marathon every day for um, eight days. More, It was more than a marathon. And, you know, I had, um, you know, by about day three, my body was so, you know, just to even stand on my feet once you got out there and got going again, we couldn't get my body temperature down. Like it was a like I started to go into, I couldn't sleep. I was in you know massive amounts of cortisol, uh, but it was just such a you know once I got to about day five, I could see the finish line, and it was it was just and just seeing all the people that donated. I had you know kids that were donating five dollars, you know their pocket money. It was it was just unbelievable the whole experience. And, yeah, so that was the Ripple of Kindness Project run. We, we raised 104000 I was able to give the 25000 to all of those foundations. Um, and I'm sitting at the moment thinking about contribution, something that's really important to me, maybe not a run and have to put myself through what I went through for the run, but at the moment we're thinking of something else and, and who we want to align ourselves with. I, I think it potentially could be something around mental health. Um, but, um, yeah, it's beautiful work to be able to do that and, and just the generosity of people and the love. I can't even express the love that I received over those nine days and the two years that I trained. You know, I had to basically give up life, um, the social life. Um, I trained every day or, did, you know, ice baths and, you know, everything that went into getting me ready. You, Kim, um, your beautiful quote, um, and I know I've put it on my Facebook page, but um, I don't know if you remember the, um, and I said it to myself the whole way that I ran about Mother Earth and, and <laughs> do you remember that quote? Every every step I take, I'm connected to you, Mother Earth. Every breath I take, I'm connected to you, Father Sky. And on behalf of all of those who cannot do this, I am proud, privileged and honoured to represent them and along those lines, but it was that real thing of connecting to my my own self, but on behalf and for others is what would give me the strength. So I completely hear you and I love that. And I'm touched that that, yeah, every step I take, I'm connected to you, Mother Earth. I love that. My mantras when I was on my run. And mm. I think I posted it on my page, Shooter Run and 
and I remember I, I remember you, you you reached out to me when I was doing it, but that was something that because I spoke to you on my podcast and and I remember that quote and I've posted it a few times, but it was you came into my mind. I think basically every single day with that quote, it was beautiful. Oh, and it's it really so powerful, had, isn't it? Yeah. When we have, you, you know, that really is the, the the power of thought. I mean, even you saying, I saw me finish, I knew I'd finish, I knew, and you set the goal, $100,000, you went beyond that. Like, I, I just really hope that the person listening to this gets just how profoundly impactful Every single thought you have and the ripple effect that has positive or negative into your environment. What would be your your advice to the self-love podcast listener? What would be your your message to someone who maybe isn't a little bit of a funk or maybe they are doing really well that but they want to level up and do more? What's what's the things that you talk about in, in empowering people, women, to become more limitless in themselves? Yeah. Oh, I, I think understanding how our mind works is the most important thing. I know for me, um, when I started to actually learn that, uh, as you said, your thought process and how powerful it is to become more conscious, you know, 95% of our day we are on autopilot. And when I found that out, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just, you know, everything's, you know, in that we're programmed from such a young age and that many of the stories that we speak and the thoughts that we have are not even ours. I question all of it and that we can reprogram ourselves. And that's the beauty of being a human, I reckon. Um, but until I found this information out, like I really, you know, that nine years ago when I had my epiphany, I just went on this really big learning of, well, why, how, why are we the way that we are? Um, so understanding self, understanding that, most of our thought processes and the stories that we tell ourselves are not even ours and that we are able to reprogram ourselves and that we can be, have, create and become whoever we want to be, that we get to choose the human that we want to be. And I think that's that's probably the most, the most powerful thing and you know, that we're here on this earth to be able to have a beautiful human experience. I think, you know, spirituality has probably become a very big part of my life, um, you know, that we have this spirit in, inside of us and when we can tap into that and all these beautiful gifts of the environment as well, um, as you said, Mother Earth and, and um, you know, it's, you know, if we can tap into that, if we can become more conscious, if we can question you know, the, the thought processes that we have, the behaviours that we have, and actually understand, well, where do they come from? And I can guarantee you that most of them are, are, are programs that have been programmed into us. And, you know, just to live a more conscious life, have more, more awareness and to truly really understand what are the things that light us up each and every moment. And to be doing more of those things <laughs> and to stop doing the things that we don't love because it's okay to pass them on to somebody else or um, to just not do them. But it's okay to say no, to set beautiful boundaries that are going to serve us. Um, I think that's the, the big thing for me is just understanding ourselves and to 
really take the time to actually find out who we are, what we stand for, what's the legacy we want to leave behind and to just get the most out of this beautiful human experience that we get to have. Just music to my ears and I'm sure everybody listening is just going, thanks, I just needed to hear that. Such a good reminder, you beautiful soul. Could you tell us a little bit about your Becoming Limitless retreats and if people wanted to work with you or maybe they're a beauty therapist or they're, they've got a clinic or I'm not sure how your coaching looks, but could you explain to us exactly what you do now and then how people can reach out and find you? Beautiful, yes. Um, so uh, you can find me at Rebecca Miller Zing Coach for all of our clinic owners that would love support, not just um, in the day-to-day runnings of business, but to how to build beautiful teams and culture, to have a heartfelt business. For me, it's it has to be, you know, if we want to grow a business, we have to grow the person running the business. And that's emotionally, that's spiritually, that's um you know, in the skills, um, physically, mentally, um, you know, it, it, it really is at the core of what we do. My coaching is probably a little bit different because I, I, I love the self-mastery part and mindset. It's something that I'm really passionate about. I think 80% of our success um, or what we see as success comes from um, mindset and, you know, our psychology and truly understanding ourselves so for any clinic owners, yes, Rebecca Miller Zing Coach, that's where you'll find me. Um, Instagram is probably where I play the most. Send me a message, even if you have a question about anything today. Um, and then we've got our Becoming Limitless Retreats, which are open to all women that just would love to be in a space um, where they can rest, where they can look at their limitations, where they can come back and sort of think about what's important to them to have space held for them, Um, you know, that's what our Becoming Limitless retreats are. We do lots of healing. Um, You know, the breakthroughs at these retreats is you you sort of can't put it into words. Like the last one that we did was only a few weeks ago and it's absolutely life-changing. You know, the the, the ladies that left, you know, the, the, the things that they've been able to walk out and, you know, do because they've got clarity on why they're here. You know, they've pushed through some limitations that have been held in holding them back, um, but also to just have beautiful time and space to be around other women that, that really are supporting them, loving them, seeing them. Sometimes it's the first time they've ever been seen. Um, is just beautiful work. And, and I've got a beautiful business partner that does this with me, Jess, who's one of my... Um, you know, she started as an employee and we're now business partners. It's beautiful work that we get to do. These are open to all women that just want to grow, learn, heal and just come back to themselves. And we run these, we've just run our, our third one and we're, our hope is to um, run these, you know, at a minimum three, three to four times a year. Um, at the moment we're doing them at beautiful Soma in Byron Bay. They're four nights And it's a real journey that we take everybody on over those four days. And, you know, when they leave, they actually do feel limitless. And that's a beautiful space for a woman to be in. Beautiful. Is that got its own website as well, sweetheart? 
Yes, so we're building that out at the moment. We, we sort of did a few retreats and then we went, oh, my goodness, this is actually a beautiful product that, um, you know, is a, a legacy piece. Um, so we have Becoming Limitless. Um, you can find, you can just message me at Rebecca Miller Zing Coach or we have an Instagram page called um, Becoming Limitless Retreats. Uh, on Instagram, we're at the moment just building websites. Um, we've got some beautiful plans for this. We'd love to have some destinations. We've got some beautiful, we're going to be doing cards, you know, lots of diaries, drink bottles, beautiful. Um, we're just in the in the throes of the moment of um, creating this beautiful, becoming limitless, um, I guess, uh, branding. And, yeah, so it's all, it's all very new, Kim. So it's... It's beautiful and, and I don't know where that's going to take us, but I know it's going to be amazing for all the women that join us and other women as well. Potentially could be some beautiful, you know, some pre-courses before the retreats. Um, we're just sort of sitting down and, and really getting the vision behind it at the moment. So watch this space. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, it's the work that I love to do the most. Mm, makes such a difference and talking about leaving a legacy I mean what I guess you get when May gets such joy from is seeing these women leave and realizing now they're changed and that means they're going to change and have an impact in their circles and create a ripple effect of change uh, for people that may never get the opportunity to get to your retreat so it's a beautiful, amazing opportunity for all listeners to really check it out and follow the beautiful mission of Rebecca. You can hear it in her heart. She truly does want to support women to become their best self. And, of course, you men listening to this will know that if the woman of the house is happy and healthy, life runs smoothly for everyone else. So uh, it's probably not a bad gift for maybe Christmas or definitely looking online and supporting your beautiful women to have the opportunity to become limitless because in turn, they support you to do exactly the same thing. Rebecca, it's such a privilege to have you on the show and I really do admire and acknowledge you for all of the things that you're doing. I just want to reiterate in case someone's driving it to follow Rebecca, it's all the W's, thezingproject.com.au um, and you can find our beautiful Rebecca there. And of course, look in behind her work with the Ripple of Kindness Project. What a beautiful, amazing pay it forward uh, chance for us to, to show true kindness. And by putting our money where our mouth is and really supporting those who do not have the same opportunities. So thank you so much, you beautiful soul. It's okay. been a real delight. Thank you so much, Kim. And I just want to say, you know, um, I just really want to say to you, you are such a beacon of light for so many people. I love your work as well. Um, and, yeah, I just, I've, you know, we, we had our conversation a couple of years ago and I just love everything that you do. And I'm just so grateful to be here today with you. And I'm so grateful that, um, I, you know, you're just an inspiration to me as well. So thank you so much. Oh, you beautiful being. What a... Like we can say ditto or we can say we belong to the mass, the Mutual Admiration Society. That's what I think we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, sweetheart, how I love to close the, the beautiful podcast, our conversation. Is you finishing with your favourite quote? Perhaps you could let us know. I'm sure you've got many. I know you're a lover of quotes, but 
let us know what's your favourite at the moment. I think my favourite quote is, behind every successful woman is a tribe of other successful women that have her back. Um, I think, you know, as women we need to, um, you know, bit cliche, fix each other's crown, build each other up and not tear each other apart, that we're not in competition with each other, that we are, you know, let's all just love and support each other's journey. I think that's the big thing. Um, And, you know, as I said, you know, I may be the face of so many things that I do, but I've got a massive, beautiful tribe of women that stand behind me, beside me. Um, They hold me, um, you know, in everything that I do. So, you know, for me, I think that would be my probably my beautiful quote that I'd love to share today. Absolutely exquisite, poignant, and so perfect for all the messages that you've given us today. Rebecca Miller, thank you for joining us on the Self Love Podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.